Member-supported Jazz 90.1 proudly welcomes you to America's longest-running computer show, Soundbites. Call the show now at 966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free, 800-790-0415 or soundbites.org. Now, alongside Steve Ray and Dave Enright, here's Nick Francesco on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Good afternoon, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the gyps in the PC. It is Saturday, the 25th day of February. My, my, where has the month gone? Gone by. Anno Domini 2023, and you, <laughs> you lucky people, you're listening to Sound Bites. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at six minutes after the hour, we are going to be bringing you news, views, things to choose, nothing to lose, kick off your shoes, don't get the blues, here comes the news. But before we do the news, ha-ha! <laughs> Before we do the news, I have an announcement. Thank you very much. Every week, you should see it's six guys in tabards with trumpet voluntaries here. It's, it's, uh, it's playing trumpets and giving us trumpet voluntary. Um, every week, we have Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and a fourth one. Uh, the radio stream. No, no, no. For, for comments. Anyway, at least those three. Yeah. And it's a pain in the neck for... Uh, right. We used to do the I, have IRC running. Oh, right, right, right. And that was just a pain in the neck. So I've decided there's going to be one place I will look to see a chat. And that's at soundbites.org slash chat. Oh, you're going to get organized? I got organized. So oh, you, it took you 33 years. Exactly right. Uh, so all you have to do is put your uh, name in the little... Um, brownish box and then type your message in the yellow box and either hit enter or click the red add button and you will uh, show up now this is entirely yeah this is well there's that but there's also this is entirely experimental says so down below i'm sure there will be problems please be patient charlie's in thank you charlie um and that's how that's i'm that's the only place i'm looking now i can't do everything. Steve can't do everything, and check the chat simultaneously. It's just not. It's not easy. We miss things. Um, it's just not good. Anyway, here's the news. Over the 14 years since it debuted, my golly, world, Google Chrome has increasingly become a resource hog, sucking up more and more of your system's memory and battery life with seemingly reckless abandon. Really. Unbelievable, I hadn't isn't it? Noticed. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when you've got a 64 gig machine with an octa-core processor running at yeah. four gigahertz, like the developers at Google do, who cares? Exactly. Calm down. Calm down out there. Um, at long last, Google is doing something to make the browser less of a strain on your computer. Uh, as part of Chrome 110 for Windows, Mac, and Chromebook desktops, the company is rolling out memory and energy-saving modes. The features, which Google announced in December, are both enabled by default. You can turn them off from the performance section of the Chrome settings. Memory Saver puts inactive tabs on ice to free up RAM for other pages and apps. When you click on a frozen tab, you'll be able to continue from where you left off. A speedometer icon in the address bar will show that the tab was inactive, and now it's in use again. There's the option to exempt certain sites from Memory Saver, too. So, for example, if you like to turn on a, a, a music streaming site, 
and then go away from that tab, you can say don't don't freeze that tab, leave it alone. Um, Google claims that the feature reduces Chrome's memory usage by up to thirty percent. You know what? What else would help, Dave? Hmm. Closing tabs you're not using. But I'm using them. Yeah, yeah. I might use them again. Someday. <laughs> Energy Saver, meanwhile, can start limiting background activity or video frame rates and animated effects when you're using Chrome and your laptop or Chromebook's battery level drops below 20%. It's also possible to configure <coughs> the feature to kick in as soon as you unplug the charger to improve efficiency. When Energy Saver is active, you'll see a leaf icon next to the address bar, not to mention fewer visual effects in the tab you're using. If you're not seeing it yet, don't despair. It's rolling out, which means you'll get it when you get it. So our poll of the week at soundbites.org, that is Bytes with a Y, Francis would like us to remind you, is Google Chrome's memory and battery saver modes. Your choices are, I love it, I'll try them, sounds intriguing, meh, Chrome what now, and because... I didn't like none of the above. I've changed it to, I don't like any of your choices. <laughs> it, it didn't feel like none of the above really captured the spirit of the people who've been angry at me because I didn't pick the one choice that they absolutely must have because they can't possibly pick any other. So give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. It's 966-5299. Toll free eight hundred seven nine zero zero four one five. I was feeling <laughs> like you were looking at my screen the day. What was it? Just yesterday when I got the news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll explain why. All right. <laughs> I had made quite a few contacts. Yeah. So I had to go in there and I'm looking over everything and in this one particular program. And for each individual that I'm going to send a card out to. Yeah, I keep that tab tab open because then when I go through the process of making out all my cards, it's just a, right there. And I had fifty two tabs <laughs> open, and I was thinking, how did he know that I was working on this? I was catching up because I hadn't done my QSL cards in about two weeks, so I counted it, and I was at fifty two tabs. <laughs> We did. Find- I'm down to. I'm How wide is your screen? 27 inches. Yeah. But I'm, I'm down to my normal 18 tabs right now. Oh, well done, you. Thank you. I, Let's hear it from I Dave. feel accomplished. You should. You've some of the word anyway. <laughs> we did find that uh, Safari, uh, Safari for iOS on the iPad and, and, uh, and iPhone has a 500 tab limit. <laughs> and we found that out because someone came in for service who couldn't open web pages. Was their <laughs> symptom. When they tried to open a web page, it says, you have 500 tabs open. Why don't you close a few? Well, <laughs> no, I'm not that bad. Man, when you're getting dissed by your yeah. browser. By browser. I yeah. love it when the error message tells you how to fix it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you ignore it. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you choose to ignore it. Right. And then right. get mad at us. Right. But it doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but I thought you were looking over at my screen for sure. That was, <laughs> that was eerie. Fortunately, there was a close all button. Oh, nice. So we didn't have to close 500 times. Right, 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 right. <laughs> well, that's one thing, though, I have to be cautious with. Because if I am doing trying to catch up on my cards and I accidentally close Chrome down, 
it shuts it all down and erases all those other tabs that I had There's open. a preference to save those tabs. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I know. But no, I like to keep it just to my normal set. And then... Well, if you right-click on the... You know the bar where the tabs are at mm-hmm. the top. If you right-click on that, you have a choice that says bookmark all tabs. Yeah, which I don't want to do. I just like to keep my... eight. You know, My point is, if you then accidentally close it down... You've got them bookmarked in a folder. Well, I found that when I've accidentally closed it and go back to the history, it's a one-time deal. It can sit there and say, oh, do you want to uh, look at the history? It says, do you want to open up the 52 tabs? <laughs> it did. I go, yes. So I quick sat there and did all my cards. Matter of fact, they went out in the mail this morning. And I mean, I've got some that are going to Japan and, I, you know, all over uh, to Europe. And Listen, uh, folks out there, please, for, for the sake of whatever deity you do or don't believe in, don't listen to Dave. <laughs> Bookmark your tabs. It works. <laughs> and don't have 50 of them open at a time. That's it all I'm saying. It depends on when you, what your purpose of doing. That's all I'm saying. I did find an interesting... If you do have 50 of them, bookmark them so if you lose them, you can open them back yeah. up again. But see, I'm only going to need them temporarily. Don't listen to Dave. And then you delete your bookmark when you're done, yeah. But I, I did find an interesting tech note on how to deal with the annoying 500-tab limit. And one of the tips is open a private window. You can have 500 more tabs. Oh, nice. Open a new private well, I'll window. Admit, that's, you can have 500 more tabs. That's too many. <laughs> that, that's too many even for me. Well, we found Dave's upper limit. Yeah. <laughs> we know his lower limit is 52. I mean, that would get so narrow, I wouldn't know which tab is what. You 52 tabs, you could have a single playing card in each tab. Mm-hmm. Okay, just so yeah. you know. Yep. It's a deck of cards. But no, what it was is it, the, most of them were the main program, and then the other 20, um, 22 other tabs beyond that were cards that I had to quick right, fill out their information, put a stamp on the card, and then I delete the tab. Then I go to the next one. No, I, I listen, I get it, but I'm just telling everybody out there, don't be a Dave. <laughs> Why? Do, do I'm efficient. Dave. I'm efficient. You're certainly something. Thank um, you. <laughs> I, I will say that. You are something. At any rate, don't forget, folks, you can give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. It's 966-5299. Toll free 800-790-0415. And of course, as I said, you can join us in the brand spanking new Soundbites chat at soundbites.org slash chat. Uh, Again, normally what you'll see is a thing that says no chat right now. But from noon to two, if you refresh during that time, you will see the chat. So um, we've had our first complaint in the YouTube chat. About what? Now they can't watch the chat while they're watching the show. Tabs. We, yeah. what, what were we just talking about for the last hour? Yeah. Yeah, you should be able to open a second Hello, tab. Oh, Buffalo. Um, yes, I understand that, but we can't keep three, four tabs open, switch between them, figure out who's where, talking about what. It's just not easy, feasible, useful for us. Uh, and I'm sorry, in this instance... Um, the needs of the one, uh, the needs of the two, <laughs> outweigh the needs of the many. So now, on, on some shows, they actually have a producer that does all that. Yes. 
<laughs> we don't have that. We don't even have a board operator standalone. Dave has is running double duty for that. Right. See, I run the board. I run the board, run the phones, and try to participate yeah. in the conversation. Well, exactly. That would be three people. Monitoring the each of the chats would be three more people. Right, right. Uh, and maybe even answering questions. Yeah. Um, but so at any rate, uh, uh, you can give us a call, just like Larry did from Rochester, New York. What's up, Larry? Hi. Got an HP laptop with a uh, touchpad. And so what happens is every once in a while, some cursor on the screen will freeze in place. I've done enough diagnostics, um, the, uh, the security tango, um, uh, drivers, all that. I said, it's probably hardware, but here's how I fix it. I just close the laptop so that it kind of powers off and I open the laptop up again and then the, the, cursor is fully functional again does the keyboard uh, still work when the cursor stops i can do for it's windows i can for example do alt space bar and see closed right programs okay so one of the things you might want to do i actually had exactly this problem in the dell laptop i just bought and i think i think i fixed it um by upgrading the bios so one of the lovely things about HP is you can go on their website and type in your serial number, and it will give you all the available drivers. So look to see if there's an update to the BIOS for that HP. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming okay. you're running Windows? Correct. Yeah. 11. Yeah. So um, uh, do that. Do Hi. How are you? Do that check. See if uh, see if that'll help. That's, that's the kind of thing that we find... Um, that we find is how old is this laptop? Four yeah. years. Yeah, what? yeah. We've been seeing. And what uh, model was it again? It's a HP Pavilion. Okay, because there were problems with Spectre mouse mice mices, and there was a driver update for them. Wouldn't hurt to look for driver updates. Right, driver update as well. Um, yeah, right. I, I right. went to the BIOS because that was what solved my problem, but. Yes, uh, you, should, you did, should. Well, at least using Windows, I've got all the up-to-date drivers. Maybe that. Well, yes, but oh. often, okay. oddly, what happens is when Microsoft does um, its driver installations and updates, it often prefers to use a generic driver rather than the specific one for your hardware. So check again. Check on HP's support website. There's a spot where you can put in your serial number. And it will tell you all of the drivers and updates and things that your system needs. You put in your, your serial number and you put in your um, uh, uh, Windows version and all of that stuff. And it will tell you what you need. And check to see if there is something there um, that, that needs to be updated and give those a try. I will do that. I certainly never would have thought of the BIOS. Yeah, yeah. Try try whichever you know. Try the drivers first because that's simpler. I will. And as always, uh, yeah. Okay. But Larry, as always, before you do any of that, make a backup. I uh, I have all my. It's in the Google Drive. All my important excellent in Google Drive. Excellent. Well um, done, you. Frankly, okay. Frankly, everything is in Google Drive that I care about. So anyway, uh, the point is, 
because that was one of the other things I did with this. I went back to a factory install, and it didn't fix it. So I will try the BIOS. Yep, thanks. Well, try the drivers first, then the BIOS. Yeah, correct. 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 Thank you, guys. You have a good day. You too, Larry. Have fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who's the guy with the bowl haircut at the bottom left? South Carolina? <laughs> no, on, on our face, on our soundbites page. Oh, <laughs> that is the uh, the great and mighty Rob Linton at about 11 years old. And it was like two months. And But you got to scroll down to see it. That's why. Well, that's why. But it was about two months before he noticed it. Sent me an email and I saw the, I won't tell you what it was, but I saw the subject line and I thought, oh, he saw the picture. <laughs> he likes us. <laughs> he does. Not. Yeah, exactly. All right. Back to the phones. Our next caller is Jerry from, we're in South Carolina, Jerry. Yeah, uh, Myrtle Beach. Oh, Myrtle Beach. Okay, right Ooh, now I'm telling yeah. you I hate it's, you. It's warmer than where you are, but it's cloudy and rainy. Yeah, I don't care. I feel for you, but I'm sitting <laughs> on my chair. Yeah, exactly. Well, good All for right. you. We'll be down to visit. Okay, got a question about AirDrop. <clears throat> File transfer Bluetooth uh, in the Mac system. And I think you have the experts sitting next to you over there. Well, we so got I've Steve, got a, so. A, a, uh, uh, an iPad mini, and I have a, a 2020 MacBook. And while I can get them to see each other, I can't get them to connect. But the Bluetooth works just fine on both of them individually, and I can't get them to exchange files. What's the debug procedure? What? Um, well, there's there's two things. It has to have the um, new enough operating system for each device. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, and you have to turn the discoverability on. Um, discoverability is 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 got three options: um, no one, which is the default, uh, contacts, or everyone. Uh, and so, if you don't, if you're not in your own contact book, and some people aren't, uh, then the um, uh, uh, discover it won't be discovered. Uh, and they just uh, Apple actually just recently added a feature that they turn off everyone after ten minutes. So you don't get inundated by crap from everywhere. I've, I've, I was at a Fairport uh, concert in the, in the Shell one day, and I kept getting these pictures were being sent to me. So I had to turn off my, my uh, uh, airdrop, and uh, wrong Steve. Right. Because my, my phone was named Steve's phone. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and you discover there are lots of Steves. Yeah. Uh, okay. and, and then the, 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 the other issue is when you're crossing OSs, like iPad to Mac. Don't cross the OSs. Yeah. You need a, an even newer um, operating system. So the, the, um, I'm trying to find a list of them here. So they added AirDrop in 2012, but that was um, iOS to iOS and Mac to Mac um, to go between Mac and iOS. Uh, let's see. You need an iPhone 5 uh, or with a, uh, an iPod Touch 5 or iPad 4 with at least iOS 7. So now that iOS 7 has been out for a long time. We're on 16 now. So it's you know make sure that the OSs are up to date on both your devices. Are you getting an well, error I, message at all, or when you when you well, drop? It just refuses to connect, and I'm kind of stuck because it's an iPad Mini four, and it can't upgrade past fifteen point seven point three. 
and yeah. the and the Mac is is running Ventura. Yeah, that should be okay. When you say they can't connect, it's you don't see the other device in the AirDrop window. Well, they, I, I got it listed as it it one it saw it at one point, so it's got a device name in the in the pull down menu. It's but I clicked the connect button on the iPad and I just get the little whirly thing and then it says, oops, never connected. There is no... A Bluetooth keyboard works and other Bluetooth devices work and Bluetooth headsets work, so... I don't don't know of the connect button. There is no connect button that I know of. You drop a file onto the airdrop icon and it, it then asks the other end to accept it or not. Well, maybe I'm doing it wrong. I thought they had to be connected first. Okay. They are. They are always connected when they're nearby. But I should. Be, I should be able to see my iPad Mini in the list of devices on the on the iPad, and I don't. I'm sorry. On the on the uh, on the Mac. So make sure you have discoverability set on the iPad uh, to um, um, allow uh, everyone to see that device. All right. Yeah, you mentioned that, that there's this automatic timeout. Uh, maybe that's what's messing me. Yeah, and that changes it to okay. no one. All right, I will. I will have to poke around on that when I, you know, got them both together and do it within the ten-minute window. I have a second question: Why are there so few keyboards, Bluetooth keyboards, that have integrated trackpads? Uh, because it's a tablet, not a computer. <laughs> no, no. That's... This is this is this is this is like a, you know you can get a separate Bluetooth keyboard, mm-hmm. and, and you can get a separate Bluetooth uh, uh, trackpad, right? And you can get a separate Bluetooth trackpad. Why do they get so few of them that have the keyboard and the trackpad integrated? I think I've only seen one in a couple of years. I know Logitech and Kingston and Kensington both make them. I've got one from uh, Zag right now. Okay. Maybe I just need to look around better. All part, right. part of it, I would imagine, is the cost. Is it's going to cost more than a cheap keyboard or a cheap trackpad? But usually if you need a keyboard, you probably need a trackpad, too. No, you use a mouse instead of a trackpad. But that's a separate piece of hardware. <laughs> right. Right. That's what we've been using for 40 years. <laughs> well, right, right, right. In fact, uh, Apple, is, uh, for, for a while there, they stopped making their extended keyboards that had the numeric keypad on them. And everyone you know, screamed about that, doing financial work and spreadsheets. That keypad is really handy. Yeah. All right. Well, those were my two questions. But anyway, thank you very much. I appreciate your, your assistance in... in trying to straighten out this issue by a very, very distant remote control. Yeah. So yeah. Th- thanks again from South Carolina. Yep. Yeah. Have fun down there in Myrtle Beach. Yeah. I shall try. <laughs> I just did an Amazon search and found 907 results for a Bluetooth keyboard with touchpad. Yeah, there are a few. Um, but they are less common. He's absolutely right. Yeah. They are less common because, um, because you can buy both. And economies of scale say, you know, if I can make a hundred thousand with a keypad or two hundred and fifty thousand without a keypad, what's going to be cheaper for me? Yeah. So I get it. I do. But um, um, it's more versatile to make one without, and that's the that's kind of the point as far as uh, um, people, uh, the manufacturers are concerned. But um, uh, generally speaking. Um, People who have a um, people who have a an iPad or any sort of tablet uh, often will use a keyboard and then their hands on the 
touchpad. Yeah, yeah, I've got my right hand on the mouse and my left hand on the keyboard for almost everything I do. Right. Until right. I do some, you know, a long typing, and then I'll bring the second hand over to the right. keyboard. But their assumption is that you can use the yeah touch screen. The problem with that is it's wearying after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, having two things in your hands like that is yeah. one thing, but, but even on my touch tablet, I still have a keyboard for long typing. <laughs> exactly right. All right, we are going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Dave Enright, Steve Ray, me, Nick Francesco, you folks on the phone, you folks in the chat. It's just a world of fun here at the longest-running computer show in the known universe, Sound Bites, on the truly great, and again, truly grateful to you, because with your support, we are member-supported Jazz 90.1. See you in a couple minutes. Online 24 hours a day, seven days a week at soundbites.org. More with Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at 35 minutes after the hour, we are Soundbites. <coughs> and we had a couple of things in the chat we should probably talk about. Yeah, we can do that. Right. Um, one, one person said, what do you think about chat GPT? Um, like anything else, what? That's what triggered what Derek was talking about. Oh, yes, it did. And I don't care. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like anything else, it's to be taken um, with a little caution at the moment. Um, There are a couple of interesting facts. Um, Microsoft had a a chat GPT um, thing that it had to take down immediately because it, it okay so what Google, i was gonna say wait a minute let's explain what chat yeah 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 chat gpt is um ai that you can go there it's a it's a you have to register but it's a free account and you can ask it things so you can ask it a, a whole bunch of stuff but among the things that most people are using it for these days are are uh, give me a, a story idea uh give me five points I can make in a presentation on X, um, uh, things like that. Um, what Google did was, was has, has they've given it an incredible amount of information, and not Google, the ChatGPT people gave it an incredible amount of information, but stopped about two years ago. So it doesn't really do current events at all. Um, Bing, uh, Google, uh, Microsoft tried to do this a similar thing with Bing, the first version, they just gave it everything they could find on the Internet. Turns out it was a racist Nazi, and they took it down. They had to take it down. It was, it was, it was really horrible. Um, so now they're, they're, they've got a new version up that is um, much, much better. Um, and they've got uh, – with chat GPT, you can ask it to do all kinds of cool things. Uh, we put a there's a link somewhere in our link list. Steve put up a couple weeks ago uh, for that, and you can search our link list by the way, and uh, to find things. So, um, it, it is actually pretty cool. But again, you have to be aware of what you're looking at. So, for example, I asked ChatGPT to write some blog posts. Uh, give me a thousand words on some topic. Give me 1,500 words aimed at a fifth grader on X, right? Um, and you can see those at uh, um, uh, asknick.com slash blogs. 
or blog or blogs, one of the two. Um, and you'll see, I, I defy you to tell me which ones I wrote and which ones were written by ChatGPT. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, so there's, uh, there's a lot of good things about it and a lot of bad things about it. You also, whenever you have it do something, you have to check it very carefully because sometimes it's wrong mm-hmm. about stuff. It's just simply wrong. I mean, aside from any sort of left-right bias, any of that stuff, it is often just simply wrong. Plus, so, it hasn't been updated constantly. Well, and that's the thing about ChatGPT. It stopped about two years ago. They didn't feed it anything new. Um, um, the one from Bing has more modern stuff in it. The one that Google's been playing with also has much more modern stuff in it. So uh, AI is coming along. People are using it to do all kinds of things. They're, they're um, uh, one of the, oh, Asimov, no, Clark, Clark's World, uh, the um, science fiction magazine, Clark's World, has shut off their um, sub, uh, their submissions page because they had, in the last, what, two weeks, they had like 500 real submissions and 1,500 robot submissions. Mm, and they I, check each one. I, I get, there's, there's sites that you can say, was this written by a person or... A, a, a bot, and uh, they so can tell. so they've and, turned it off for now. And I met Neil Clark. He came to the convention in Rochester last nice. November. Nice. He was shocked on how many people read his magazine, <laughs> <laughs> which I suppose he's, well, how many of the other authors that were there read his his magazine and donated to him too? Right, right. So when when one author likes another author enough to send the money, <laughs> that's, that's right. Good. That's a good thing, right there. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, you it, there's a there's a <laughs> there's an uh, inherent issue with any AI that you have to vet it uh, for your personal use. Um, a great idea. I mean, I have used it. I have used it to say, give me you know ten ideas on this topic for a presentation. And then I check that against my own list and say, you're right, I missed this one. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, this is better than the one I thought of, mm-hmm. or whatever. Or, uh, this is stupid, I'm not going to use it. But then, you know, I yeah. apply my human brain to the answer that ChatGPT gives me. And particularly for things like lists and stuff like that, um, it works pretty well. Um, and, you know, people are using it to write, um, people are using it to write, uh, um, uh, stories and 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 uh, short stories and novels and poems and all kinds of stuff and some of it's pretty amazing. Some of it is pretty amazing in exactly the opposite direction. <laughs> it's just nonsensical. Uh, but so yeah, ChatGPT is a thing that's that's here. Uh, let's be honest. Um, but it's not necessarily here yet. In terms of not terms quite of, ready yeah. for prime time, it really is something you have to vet every single thing you put into it, and that that's kind of the goal and the fear of of true AI, right? When it does become aware enough to fool you and is right enough, well, is, well I guess is right as a, a normal person. <laughs> I, I guess right now it is as right as a normal person. <laughs> yeah, because that's what's because it's it. sometimes wrong. Um, right. Yeah, and uh, but that yeah, that is so much the common trope of science fiction is you know the the AI cars and AI spaceships right. and sometimes it's post-human 
So after, you know, you upload your brain into the computer and you become the AI for the computer. Right. Then it's well, not, that's not quite artificial intelligence. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, the big thing is, of course, it's very early days. You know, we're used to, in science fiction again, um, the AI is all-knowing and all-perfect and all-wonderful. This is day one, people. Yeah. It's yeah. going to make mistakes. It's going to do stupid things. And uh, you know what? The, I, and that's going to be something that's going to be constant. It's never going to catch up. I mean, it's going to get better. Don't get me wrong. But with things always changing, that's going to be its challenge. And keeping up with those changes and knowledge that it doesn't get outdated. Right, right. I mean, at what point do you say um, this is this source is so much bullpucky, so I will use this other source? Or this is what I knew a year – I mean, look, you can either – freeze your brain at some point or you can say i've learned a new thing Mm -hmm. and so at what point does the computer then be is it able to say this is what i knew a year ago this is new information which is better yep and you change your mind the 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 real test of human intelligence is given accurate and reliable and credible information can you change your mind? Well, that's the thing. AI is no different than our, our regular brain. We are constantly learning new stuff and taking in more information. AI has to have the same capabilities to formulate new ideas based upon newer information and constantly changing and growing with that. Right. And the other thing is the credibility of the source. Yeah. If I have a choice between listening to a Nobel Prize winning physicist about something and some guy with an eighth grade education, who am I going to give yeah, greater credence his opinion. to? Right. Who am I going to give greater credence to? Mm-hmm. And that's the same kind of thing that you have to do with AI, only it needs to be taught about that. So, you know, if what's there's relevant some, and what's not. Right. If some rando on the internet says one thing and a nuclear physicist with a Nobel Prize says something else. I know which one I'm going to believe. You yeah. make your choice. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of articles on uh, Wikipedia versus Britannica. Right. Which you know, which is better, which is right more often, and and from from some of the re- in fact, there's there's a, um, a, a library science course in in basically vetting sources and things like that, and and they're both. About the same percentage correct. Yep. Yep. Although it's easier, well, easier to change Wikipedia, but that's part of the problem too. Well, there were a whole bunch of people who were gaming Wikipedia for a while. Yeah. You know, um, um, TV shows where people would say, um, you know, uh, don't go to Wikipedia and say this about that person. Well, suddenly. Yep. That's in there. Well, before that, there were commercials like, you know, um, uh, tell me about this burger and your your assistant would read the Wikipedia entry. Right. So people immediately edited the Wikipedia entry for that burger chain and <laughs> say some disgusting things. Right. And now I think all the assistants, because you hear it all the time, you don't want to miss this episode, say, hey, whatever, you know, remind me to watch show. My None of my devices do that anymore. <laughs> and I'm thinking the device manufacturers have, yeah, they may be. Have, have filtered those triggers out. So that uh, every time a TV show says that, it doesn't get added to your reminder list. 
Right. Right. Um, yeah. Um, to to answer the two complainers in the in the chat. Uh, yes, it is not perfect. You can't scroll back right now. You can't do emojis. Um, you can't put pictures in. Uh, this is hand coded by Nick. Yeah. In, in an afternoon, because yes, Sunday it, Sunday night it was working. Sunday night it was working. <laughs> uh, I was told uh, we were talking about the chat last Saturday, and Sunday night I had this working. And then I had a life to live in, in during the week, and I uh, and that's what I did. And maybe I'll go back and fix it. And right now, you know what? Maybe I won't. I can, I can scroll back. This is yeah, but it eventually it'll come. Oh, back what's to the yeah? What's your there. buffer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not, oh oh. Yeah. Your every second update it jumps back down to the bottom. Yeah. So you can see something new. Yeah. the The problem was it wasn't coming to the bottom no matter what I did. Mm. So I had to add that which. Which overran the scroll back. Oh well. Uh, At this point, oh well. And there's the request I, you know, for IRC. Such is life. Yeah, we're not going to do seen, IRC. We're not going to do any of those. Have things. you seen that XKCD about IRCD? I, IRC. Uh, I don't remember. Hundreds it. of years in the future, you know, spaceships on other planets. You know, instantaneous. You know, translate communications. And there's some guy in a closet with an IRC um, uh, computer that he's trying to work on an interface for. <laughs> I love IRC. I, I still use it for some things. That's uh, that's pretty interesting. Um, uh, somebody wants to make his post a poll question. No, uh, I don't even know what your post is, and, and I'm saying no. So anyway, the uh, <laughs> I'm getting porky about this somehow. Hey, uh, can I post URLs? Probably, but I don't think they'll they'll list as URLs. So what did you post? The XKCD. Oh no, it disappeared. Oh, maybe I'm maybe you, I'm blocking those. You, I have to think back to my code. Yeah, because you can't know what's on the other end of the URL without right, checking yeah. it. Right, and then right, you could get right. into issues of where they might be posting stuff that takes you to spots that you don't want to go. Right. And I will admit that what I've done is, in certain instances, uh, rather than even putting out an error message that says no, you can't post this, I just drop it. It's the simplest. Uh, and and uh, again, you don't like it, write your own chat and try to get me to use it. <laughs> and have them do their own show. That's right. I had that. There was a guy who used to write me all the time or, or see me at events and say, you know, I could do what you do on the air. And I finally shut him up by saying, yes, you could, but I did. So you want to do it? Do it. It's that simple. Go ahead and do it. Don't complain to me that you didn't do it. Go do it. And now it's even easier. You can have your own YouTube channel. You can have your own podcast. You can have, I mean, it used to be back in the day, you had to be on the radio. Yeah. You, yeah. Now you can have a podcast. You can have a YouTube channel. You can have. And get you know, thousands of listeners and followers. Get your, you know, you if you're an eight-year-old girl, you can have a TikTok channel. It's all good. So. You can do all of those things. Yeah, wasn't 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 she the big earner last year on YouTube? Some eight year old girl's channel yeah. earned the most money. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so let's go to the news. Um, Apple has revised its security advisories it released last month. Uh, you may remember we talked about this, uh, but now it's it's added three new vulnerabilities, which impact iOS, iPad OS, and Mac OS. The first flaw is a race condition in the crash reporter component that could enable a malicious actor to read arbitrary files as root. That's probably not good. 
The um, uh, Apple said it addressed the issue with additional validation. The two other vulnerabilities reside in the foundation framework and could be weaponized to achieve code execution. An app may be able to execute arbitrary code out of its sandbox or with certain elevated privileges, Apple said, adding it patched the issues with improved memory handling. The medium to high severity vulnerabilities have been patched in iOS 16.3, iPadOS 16.3, and macOS Ventura 13.2 that were shipped on January 23rd, 2023. So just a month ago. Uh, Trellix, the company that found two of the vulnerabilities, classifies those two as a new class of bugs that allows a bypassing uh, allows bypassing code code signing. Jeez and crackers! I've got to learn to write and read. Uh, a new class of bugs that allow bypassing code signing to execute arbitrary code in the context of several platform applications, leading to ex ex. Man, I should just go home now. You guys go ahead and finish this show. Uh. Uh-uh. Escalation of privileges and suffer sand- here. <laughs> right. And sandbox escape on both Mac OS and iOS. The bugs also bypass mitigations Apple put in place to address zero click exploits like forced entry, which was leveraged by Israeli mercenary spyware vendor NSO group to deploy Pegasus on targeted devices. As a result, a threat actor could exploit those vulnerabilities to break out of the sandbox and execute malicious code with elevated p- permissions, potentially granting access to calendar address book messages location data, call history, camera, microphone, and photos. But really, that's about all. Uh, Even more troubling, the security defect could be abused to install arbitrary applications or even wipe the device. That said, exploitation of the flaws requires an attacker to have already obtained an initial foothold into it. On the other hand, as we talked about last month, there were like 67 vulnerabilities (laughs) that, that that they found. Yeah. So are your Apple devices up to date? Give us a call, five, assuming your phone works, 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free 1-800-790-0415. And Apple has an interesting, um, um, what's the word I want? The way they handle security updates. They don't give any details. Right. Because they don't want to give the bad guys an idea. Right. But... Most of the time, the bad guys already knew about it, and that's why they had to fix the patch. But there's a difference between the smart bad guys and the script kiddies, kiddies, the stupid bad guys. Yeah, the smart bad guys knew about it, but the stupid script kiddies may not be able to to, uh, implement it that easy yet. So don't give them any information either. Right. But then they have started uh, listing the CVE numbers uh, and also um, giving credit to the um, original uh, discoverers. Uh, and they, uh, Apple finally has a has a bug bounty program for themselves uh, uh, to to pay researchers. Which uh, you know we're a capitalist society. Yeah, that's why so many of these bugs have been discovered. Yep. People have been uh, people have been doing bug bounties. Excuse me, Google and Microsoft have been doing bug bounties for a long time, and people have been taking advantage of those yep. to make some money. People have been sitting. Honestly, we, we've we've seen reports of this. People have been sitting on Apple flaws waiting for bug bounty. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other problem is they're, they're on the opposite side, there are bad guys offering money, too. Um, right. Is it, is it Zerodium? There, there's a clearing... An NSO group. Yeah. NSO? There's, there's a clearinghouse for buying Apple bugs. And so, you know, Apple's bounties used to be a thousand bucks. You know, you found something critical, eh, it's a thousand bucks. And then and, and, uh, NSO group pays a million dollars for an iPhone exploit. Right. So now... That's what the publishers have to compete against: is the bad guys paying the money. 
And then there was always the problem about, you know, in, in the weeks coming up to a security conference, people would hold their patches so that they could show them at the conference and, and you know, like pwn to own and, and win whatever thing was was right. being pwned. Right. That's still out there. It's, yeah. It's a, um, so there's a lot of – and people save their exploits. You're right. People save yep. their exploits for that uh, so that they can win, you know, $100,000 and a brand-new Mac fully loaded. Um, and I get that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> – Nothing wrong with it. Exactly. Can't. It's the way th- people are going to so work and, and because of that, you can actually make a living now as a bug finder. Right. Uh, uh on your own or with a security company, but um, it's it, it used to not be you used to have to go to work for a company to right. find those bugs. And what's what's funny is that well, maybe not funny is the wrong word. Um, uh, one of the biggest uh, bug programs is um, uh, the Google Project Zero and Travis Orbany. Um And so Google is finding bugs in other programs. Micro, I think Microsoft just found a bug in in an uh, Apple thing. And sent them. So the companies are looking at each other's code, which is what you have to do. Any coder knows you stare at your own code long enough, you'll gloss right over the, oh, yeah. the problem. Exactly. And then, you need a new set of eyes. Yeah. So I was, I was always the second set of eyes in school, and I would, I would pick up the code, and then in five seconds, here's a problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been staring at this code for an hour, and I haven't yeah. found it. That's yep. the thing. Yep. And, and it, it could be you, just a simple is. thing as a comma. Yeah. Or, you know, well, semicolon. I've told this story before. Some guy marched into my office uh, when I worked at a bank and said, so I understand you're the Excel guru. Well, I, I know Excel. Hmm. Well, I've got a problem with my macro. And he took the, and, and those are the days when we had fan fold paper. Yep. He took this huge pile of fan fold paper, unfolded it, and threw it down on the eight-foot desk uh, table that I had in the corner for working on computers. And it flopped off one and flopped off the other. Well, as it settled to the table, I happened to, my eyes happened to light on a print command that didn't have a semicolon after it. That'll do it. So I just pointed to it and said, well, there's your problem, as it hit the table. Yep. And I walked away and he just, <laughs> he just stared. He folded up his thing, went away, called me up later and said, how did you do that? I said, I'm the Excel guru, remember? <laughs> when I was a student intern at a um, local large company, ah. first year I was in the office, um, and my job was to print production statistics yeah. from the from the Lotus 123 file that ah. they sent me on a plotter with a little with the turtle plotter. That was really cool because it had to fill in all the charts on the on the bar charts. Well, after working there for a few weeks, I I found an error in one of the macros that greatly overestimated their production capability. Oh dear! <laughs> so next summer, I was in the dark packing film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I was also an intern at a large uh, local company, a once large local company. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the first the first day I was there, I was on one floor, and they said, "Okay, you got to update Norton Antivirus on all the machines." And then they went to lunch. Nobody gave me the password, the admin nope. password to the machines. They thought, "Ha ha, the new guy." Ha ha ha. They came back. I had updated all but one of them. In less like twenty or thirty, right? Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. No, it was about yeah thirty or forty on the floor actually. Yeah. And I got all but one of them. And they said, how, how did you do that? I said, you guys, your passwords are junk. That's why. <laughs> yep. Your passwords are terrible. 
You either had it under the keyboard or on the monitor. That's not even a challenge. That was insulting. Yeah. Uh, uh, in a drawer right, on the yeah. inside wall and a post-it, right? Or I could look around. One guy had a giant portrait of a, of a Porsche 911. So I tried Porsche. That didn't work. And I thought, well, that's long. He really is going to go for 911. And it was it. You know, it's there. There was another one who had a sports picture of a sports guy on his desk. So I tried the team name and I tried the guy's name and I tried his. Then I tried his number, which was two digits. (laughs) That got me in. That's scary. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and well, a lot of systems have a hint available after too many wrong tries, and so many times the password is in the hint. The hint is supposed to give you a hint as to what the password is. It's not supposed to be the password. Microsoft Bob used oh, to yeah. do that. If you got the password wrong enough times, it would it would say, your password is, and tell you your password. Clippy didn't pop up. I say you're having trouble logging in. <laughs> <laughs> Try this password. See yeah. what happens. All right. That uh, music tells us you've wasted an hour of your life with this nonsense, but do not worry. There's a whole nother hour of the longest-running computer show in the known universe coming your way. That's right, another hour of me, then right, another hour of Steve Ray, and another hour of Nick Francesco, and another hour of you. You can give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ, it's 966-5299, toll-free, 800-790-0415. You can join us in the chat at soundbites.org slash chat. That's Bites with a Y, Francis would like us to remind you. And uh, and guess what? We'll be back. Take a, take a little break, a little bio break. We'll be gone for a few minutes, but we'll be back with a whole nother hour of sound bites right here on the truly great and truly grateful to you that we continue with your generous support to be member-supported Jazz 90.1. See you on the other side. It's America's longest-running computer show. Back to more sound bites with Nick, Dave, and Steve. Next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. WGMC Greece, Rochester. A public service of the Greece Central School District. Jazz 90.1. On Twitter at 901Jazz. Welcome back to America's longest-running computer show, Sound Bites, on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Get online now. Call 966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free 800-790-0415. Or submit your question by email at soundbites.org. Once again, here's Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at five minutes after the hour, you're hurtling headlong into the second hour of the longest-running computer show in the known universe, Sound Bites, right here on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Don't forget, you can give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. It's 966-5299. Or toll-free at 800-790-0415. And you do that while I read... This email, the magic eraser feature that debuted on the Pixel 6 series is now available to all iOS and Android users of Google Photos with a subscription to the Google One cloud service. And all Pixel phones from the Pixel 5a and earlier will get this feature as well, even if they don't subscribe to Google One. The magic eraser eliminates distractions that take away from the subjects of your photos. You must have the Google Photos app installed on your phone to use the Magic Eraser. To employ the Magic Eraser, open the Google Photos app and tap on a photo. That you- now, 
not everybody has this yet. For example, Dave's got it. Mm-hmm. I don't yet. Or I didn't as of last night. Maybe I do this morning. I don't know. I haven't looked. Um, but to employ it, you open the Google Photos app and tap on a photo you'd like to edit. Then tap on the edit option found under the photo and then tap on tools. If Magic Eraser is available to you to use, you'll see the button underneath the photo. And, uh, right now, most of you will only see blur. Tap on it. Uh, if the Magic Eraser is there, tap on it. The phone will give you a recommendation of people and things to erase. If not, use your finger to draw a circle around the thing you want to, you want gone from the photo. And like magic, it, it, it works really good. Yeah. yeah. You might notice that when using the Magic Eraser, you have the two options to choose from, erase and camouflage. Camouflage is a feature that will tone down the color of objects that might be too colorful and take away attention from the subject of your photo. So you don't have to remove them. You can just de-emphasize them. Detone them. Google is also adding a new feature to the HDR effect that balances dark foregrounds and bright backgrounds on photographs, allowing more details to come through. Now the HDR effect will work to balance the brightness and contrast of your videos. And for those who like to create collages, you know who you are. All Google photo, Google photo users can now use styles on a single photo in the collage editor. Also, new styles will be available to Google <coughs> One subscribers and Pixel users. Originally, it was thought that these features would require a phone with the AI-focused Google Tensor or Google Tensor 2 chip, but it seems the company has discovered a way around this requirement. So, who do you need to erase from your life? Give us a call, but not about that. 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299, toll-free, 800-790-0415. So to be honest, most photo editing programs have a magic eraser in it. But right. it is neat that it comes with Google Photos now. Yeah, right. but this was just so easy. You know, you just move your finger around. If race too much, you can sit there and hit the cancel. And just and I was just using my finger. It wasn't like I was using a mouse or a stylus or anything else. Just my fat arthritic hands. Right. I hear crazy stories, you know, from from a photo clerk where the, someone brings in a photo to edit, and well, well, can you turn him around? I can't see his face. Yeah. No, I'm afraid it doesn't work that way. There's a there's a guy on YouTube. Uh, not on YouTube. Uh, he's got a website where you can send him a picture. Jim Friedberg. Yeah, and he will he will edit it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Fried, Friedberg, Friedman. Edit like it that. wrong. Yeah. So, for example, um, one of the ones that I that I really liked that said, um, "My I'm taller than my boyfriend. Can you make us the same height?" And he says, "Sure." And he sends back a picture where he's her her head is here, his head is here. Mm-hmm. He just lifted up his head and made his neck about a foot and a half long. <laughs> <laughs> or or somebody sends in a picture and says can you take the annoying person out of this picture and they send it back without the picture yeah. without the main subject of the picture what right on it i'll post this in a minute but right on this front page now is uh you know hi james took a lovely christmas photo with my friends but my friend's hand looks weird can can you fix it <laughs> and he has a raw chicken out her end of her head fixed <laughs> Doesn't look weird anymore, <laughs> right? It's it's what those it? it's those things that uh, that most amuse me. This guy is great, yes. Uh, he, and his his uh, honestly, his Photoshop skills are quite amazing. Yeah, I mean, often you have to look. Re- I mean, it's obvious what he's done. Yeah, but you have to look really closely to see it. Oh, he's got a book out, The Joy of Photoshop. Oh, nice. When you ask the wrong guy for help. <laughs> 
Now that would be fun to look at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his website is is quite amusing too. Entertaining. Yeah. Of course, now you'll be able to do all that with uh, with the various AIs. Mm-hmm. Um, something journey. What is it? Mid journey. Mid journey is one. Mid journey yeah. is one. Dolly. Right. So we were talking earlier about ChatGPT, and that's text. Mid journey and Dolly and a couple of others are are uh, video. There are also audio uh, AI editors, and, and I mean, there's just AI right. is is coming along. Yeah. Uh, one thing, since we're into the second hour, you should reiterate about the, chat. Mo- about the chat rooms and that changing up because we get a lot of folks that come in on the second hour. Right. So right. here's here's the deal. Um, every week, for those of you who have just tuned in, for those of you who heard this, uh, you know, go get a snack. Uh, every week we have the uh, YouTube chat, the Facebook chat, the Twitch chat. Uh, all these other chats up and keeping track of all of them is a pain in the patoot. And I don't even want to think about Spotify and iHeart and Amazon and all the oh, other places. Well, exactly. Yeah, I'm no. hosting the podcast. No, 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 no. So um, we've decided to ignore all of those from now on. And if you want to join in our chat, you go to soundbites.org slash chat. Simple enough. Yeah. And uh, and you can you can join in our chat. Is it perfect? No. Does it work? Yes. yes. Is it ever going to be perfect? No. no. Uh, so you can you can join in. You can't scroll back at the moment. Um, uh, Steve is saying sanitize your input, but the fact is, it just goes to a text file. Mm-hmm. So um, you, you're never going to. Be- well, yeah, that was in response when we were trying to paste URLs and it wouldn't. Right. Because you sanitize the input. <laughs> well, yeah, I sanitized that part, but I didn't. I, I had written code at one point that if you typed in certain words. It would remove them, and then I you could type them in with, you know, people put spaces between the letters. Yeah, whatever, trying to get whatever creative. Eight year old things are asterisks, all of that. And I at one point I had written code that just sanitized all of that, and then I thought, you know what, I don't even care anymore. You're supposed to be adults in here. If you want to type in something that that is. In, well, infantile, it's, type it in. Yeah, uh, and, well, what, it's easier if they're going to act like that. Then you can just ban them, right? From so, coming in. Right. So, you know, it's, like right. you said, we're adults and act like it. Right. So that's our, uh, that's our uh, uh, new chat, and we'll, we'll see how, how well it works. Well, it makes it simpler. We've all, all three of us here, what <clears throat> folks don't realize is all three of us in the studio are not only talking, but doing other functions. You know, we're not <laughs> researching answers. You know, I've got like four windows open of all the different chat streams to make sure right. they keep working. Right, yeah. right, right. And I've got a board to take care of along with the phone lines and uh, the breaks. So right. you got five monitors. I, I want more. <laughs> yeah, he's, only, he's only got two. I've only got one. Uh, but well, this one, though, I can't control that. No. These four here I can control because they go to three different computers. Yep. Right. So but, really, you only have four monitors. It's still twice yeah. as many as he has. Yeah. He's jealous. Hey, life's a... So I have, so I have 500 tabs open. <laughs> there was a question Ooh, in... Ooh, that's an yeah. idea for... Ooh. There was a question in the Soundbites chat from Fred about uh, a benefit or harm from forced closing apps. Oh, yeah. Um, if that's all you can do, then sure, you have to force close it. It's kind of the last resort, though. Um, 
the the big danger of force closing an app is that any unsaved changes get lost. And so, it could be some of these apps are just poorly written. Right. It might that not they be. don't close down correctly or they take one heck of a long time to finally get the message from Microsoft that it's okay to close it down. Yeah. So it may not be hung if you wait another few few minutes. So, so, literally, a minute is too long for people. Right, right. We know that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, if, if, if force, force closing the app is, uh, is the only thing left to you. Same thing with the whole computer itself. You know, shut down and reboot your computer fixes a lot of problems. If it won't shut down, um, hitting that power button is the last resort. Yeah. But I've run into so many people who think that's the only way to shut down your computer. Right. The problem that, with that. Usually uh, when they bring it in for service. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. The problem with that is that on most computers, uh, and Microsoft has been doing this for 40 years. On most computers, there is a delay between, quote-unquote, writing to the hard drive and the data actually being written to the hard drive. And the reason for that is back in the day when we had, you know, 5,400 RPM uh, hard drives, spinning physical spinning drives, they were very slow to write. So if you did it in real time, the system was always pausing. So what it would do is it would stick it in a queue, and then in those minuscule uh, interims between you doing something, it would write it out. At a billion times per second. At a billion times per second, it would write it out. But what that means is, at any moment, what the system says is on your hard drive and what's actually on your hard drive are two different things. Now, maybe two different things are two different things until you sit and... And don't touch the machine for about 10 seconds. And, and then it may even go into the hard drive buffer and sit there for a moment. Right. Until the next empty space comes around in the, in the spin. Right. So when you shut down a system, when you shut down a system the right way, one of the things it does is flush those buffers so that they actually get written yeah. out to the drive. And it knows that the state it thinks it's in is really the state it's in. And if some, you shut it down without doing that, no promises. And sometimes the longer it's been since you shut down, the longer it takes to shut down. Right. Because it hasn't done any of that housekeeping. Well, right. I had a customer. This is going back to Windows 98. And I had this one uh, client, and he had, like, I think it was about 14 employees. And we gave, you know, this whole talk on how to work with Windows because Windows was new for them and everything else. And the procedure for bringing programs up and at night shutting down things. So we went through all that and eh, everything's going pretty good. Till the next day, all of a sudden I get a call. Dave, I need you to come in and, well, I'll pick a name. Uh, look at Irene's computer. She's having problems with it. And it was given an error because it wasn't shut down correctly. And I again showed her and then, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm getting there. I says, so I go back into the president's office, and I says, I got it all straight now. She's all set. The next day, I get another mm-hmm. call. Dave, I thought you said she I said, Larry, yeah, I did. What I, is said, it? I put her on the phone. And I'll go. So I walked her through that one. Finally, the third day, he calls me. He goes, Dave, we got a serious problem here. And it's only happening to her machine. 
do you mind coming on in and see me? I says, sure, I'll go on. Went in and saw him. And I says, listen, I've explained to her how to shut it down. He says, all right, tell you what. Don't say anything. Go into the office. I'm going to follow behind you. And he went in there. And instead of me working on anything, we got it up. I got it running. I says, all right, now go ahead and shut the computer down, how I showed you. She goes over and just hits the main switch, shuts mm-hmm. it all down. Yep. Why do I keep getting a message I'm shutting down wrong? Yep. Because you're shutting down wrong. <laughs> and I says, that's not the, oh, I don't have time to wait around. I got to get go. You know, I clock out. I'm out of here. The president of the company just turned to me and says, hmm. he says, I'll take care of this. Thank you very much. <laughs> Send us the bill. <laughs> yep. And he taught, had never got another call about her shutting the computer down wrong again. I worked at a uh, at a uh, um, national financial institution for a number of years, and uh, we were trying to get people to use the calendar system. Uh, in the, in the day, it was the you know an IBM uh, system. It was I forget PC seventy. No, that was the doesn't matter. The point is, we had this this online calendaring system that we were supposed to be using. And the president of the bank came into my office one day and said, what's going on? Nobody's using the system. I explained to him that we've had seminars. We've sat down individually with every vice president, senior vice president, vice president, showed them how to use the system. They won't use it. He says, okay, I'll fix this. Two days later, he sends around an email that says, each and every one of you missed an important meeting that I had set. Where were you? Mm-hmm. And they all wrote back and said, well, we, don't, we didn't get a message. And he said, well, it was in the system. You should have seen it on your calendar. You should have seen it in your email. The next day, every senior vice president, every vice president was in my office to get trained on how to use <laughs> the email and the uh, again and the, and, yep. and the calendar system. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's how that's how that that works. You know, that's it's it's all. You know, we say, well, bottom up. No, it's top down. In many cases, it's got to be top down. Yeah. Uh, and in the uh, and and Fred also said he's talking about Android devices, force closing apps. Apps are well, different. It's, it's any device. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, force closing an app. If that's the last thing that you can do, yeah. But if you force close a running app that's working, you may lose any any unsaved uh, data. Now, it, are you talking about going into the app and saying force close? Or are you talking about swiping up to make it not be in memory anymore? Because swiping up to make it not be in memory anymore is perfectly acceptable. Because in the background, it will it will do all its cleanup and stop running. But if you go in and force close, again, it is unlikely there will be a problem because the writing happens so much faster on a phone. Yeah. But it is certainly possible that I, it will it will not be correct. On most Anything's modern possible. devices. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right, right. And there's some interesting arguments about if you swipe up, remove it from memory, it takes longer to launch next time because it's not in memory anymore. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So the programs you use a lot, you just leave there. Right. Yeah. Um, and you will save battery, but it's in, it's a minuscule amount of battery. And you will save memory, but that depends on how much memory you have in your machine as, as to whether or not that even matters. Um, but only you can, you know, it depends on your device. 
But if you want to close out an app, the easiest thing to do is to, you know, swipe up from the bottom so that not so that you see all the apps that are available, but so that you see all the open windows and you can scroll back and forth across them. And you can go all the way to the left and say clear all, or you can just swipe up the ones you don't want anymore. And, and it will it will take a second or two to happen. Because it is, in fact, closing it down correctly. But that's the way you close down an app correctly. And on iOS devices with a button, it's double push the button to see that. They call the, it's the app switcher. Right. Uh, and, but then on, on uh, newer devices without a button, it is swipe up from the, um, from the swipe, yeah, swiping that's bar. That's one thing I have problems with on my Pixel 6a. Normally, uh, on my other Pixel, I get from the bottom, just swipe it up and see what ones were still you know in memory. Now it comes up with all the apps that are on the phone and it's hard to get to the one yeah it's a different it's two different swipes one swipe is like from the middle of the screen you can swipe up and see all your apps but if you swipe up from the very bottom you'll you'll see the list of devices a uh, list of programs that are running so for example um there's a uh, um photos and i can just swipe it up and it closes and that one closes, and that one closes. So, uh, yeah, that's easy enough to do. Um, and yes, Fred, whether whether you're using a vast boost or uh, from the settings, uh, force closes is less good an idea uh, than than closing it correctly. Um, again, sometimes it's the only way you're going to close it, um, but. Generally speaking, force closing is on any device at any time is not the best idea. That's simple enough. But sometimes it's the only option left. Yes, yes, yes. If it's the only yeah. option left, you go for it. I have told people, look, all you can do at this point is turn the machine off. Yep. I get that. Sometimes that happens and hope that it comes back up again. But um, that's why we make backups. That's why we have constant and correct and full and complete backups. Uh, but yeah, there's a there. Yeah, you can do. Give me your phone. Come on, give me, give me your phone. <laughs> you got to swipe just in the right place. You swipe yeah. from the bottom; it's one thing. You swipe from the middle; it's a different thing. Where did you swipe? From the bottom, like I said, from here, all the that, way down underneath that, that line, and go up. That's what I was thought I was doing. Yeah, Dave is a, Dave, what Dave needs is uh, somebody give him a quarter so he can make a phone call. He's, he's got, hello, hello, Mabel, connect me with four two seven. Doesn't have enough tabs. There's your problem. <laughs> I need tabs. He needs tabs. The man needs tabs. Uh, but yeah, so um, those are the those are the look. Every machine has tricks they perform in the background to make it seem like the system is um, faster than it is. Um, one of the tricks Microsoft does is run all of its own programs in what's called ring zero, which is the top ring, which is the ring that is uh, that gets the most attention. It is also the ring that means you own the machine which is why there are so many vulnerabilities in Microsoft Office documents because they all run in ring zero so that they'll run faster so that you'll think they're better programs than they are. But one of the things that every operating system does is a delayed write. Now, in some op in most operating systems, you can turn that off. 
And particularly these days where so many machines have SSD drives, turning it off it means an infinitesimal delay every time you save something. I mean, it's, it's barely noticeable. Um, so you may want to do that. And then if you happen to yeah, – Dave, Dave might need thinner fingers. You're right. It's, uh, Dave's got to he's got to stop scrolling with his nose. That's his problem. But um, the, yeah, so if if you've got um, if you've got a an SSD system, then you can absolutely turn off delayed write in your drives, depending on where what operating system you have. Where that is is a whole different thing. But um, you can you can uh, turn off delayed write, and that will mean that every time you save something, there's a minute hesitation. But again, because it's an SSD drive, it will be very small. But it will be there, and you may notice it. But then it means that if you absolutely feel that the only way that's proper for you, as the owner of that machine, is to flip the switch to turn it off. That's your prerogative. Then you can do that. And you got to live with it. And you got to live with it. And if it causes issues or, you know, whatever, it's yep. on you. Yep. I have gotten into the habit of just command S every few seconds. Yep. When I stop to think about the next paragraph to command us, my wife has lost so many things yep. because she'll type for an hour, hit print, and then save. And many times huh? in that process, something will happen before she got to the save and lost everything she just typed. But she has not learned. Nope. Doesn't have auto save on it? That's the thing. The very first, yeah. the very first thing I do when I, when I run a new program is I look for autosave. Yeah. yeah. See how how you know how often it how will back it. Yeah. Just save a copy save. of it. That that's bitten me a couple of times because I use templates and so I'll delete everything to add the new stuff in and then it autosaved and just wiped out my last one. I have done that and so what I've learned to do is save under the new name first. Yeah. When I bring something up, the first yep. thing I do is save it under the new name. Then I go and change templates yeah. and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a that well, there used to be. I don't think there's open open as template anymore. There used to be a feature in the Mac where you could there was a bit a finder bit you could say this is a template, and every time you opened it, it was untitled, and you had to save it the first With time yourself. That's nice. Yeah, but yeah. but the contents of the template were still there. Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, I've done that with most of the most of the code I write. So, for example, the soundbites pages. Oh, they call it stationary pad now on the Mac. Yeah, uh, most of the most of the things that I've written here are uh, there's a template with the header stuff and the tail tail mm -hmm. stuff and uh, footer stuff and and uh, then I fill in the middle. But I have to remember when I open it up to change the name so I don't save everything as template. Yeah. All of a sudden, so yeah, there's a. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff that you can do with that. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Dave Enright, Steve Ray, me, Nick Francesco, and you. It is 29 minutes after the hour. You are listening to the longest-running computer show in the known universe. That's Sound Bites, right here on the Truly Great. And truly grateful to you that we are solely member-supported. Jazz 90.1. See you on the other side. Before you call into our show, please make note of the following rules. One, turn your radio down. Two, turn your radio down lower. Three, remember, nobody has invented a good-sounding speakerphone yet. Don't use them. Four, make sure you have a point. It makes for a more interesting show. Five, 
Calling does not guarantee you'll get on the air. No whining. Six, if you do get on the air, please do not tell the host what you just told the screener. We don't care. And seven, is that radio turned down yet? We hope this will make for a more enjoyable program, and we thank you for your time. Computer talk you can understand. More Sound Bites is next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Ennett. And I'm Steve Ray. And at 34 minutes after the hour, we are Sound Bites. And uh, catching up on the chat, our Chandra has asked, do we have a source control system for this site? Yes, we do. We do indeed. I do. For the website. Yeah. So I can go back. Mm-hmm. On a thing, and uh, you're the only one controlling it. So if anything goes wrong, it's your fault. It's my fault, and uh, <laughs> I used to, like I said, I don't. And if people don't like it, build a yeah. bridge, get over it. Exactly. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't. You know, there. We used to use WordPress, and I don't have anything against WordPress. The problem it's is joke. Uh, no the plugins. It, it's the plugins, and you know sometimes that makes it junk. And I just, I no longer have the time or the inclination to spend a year finding the right plugins that don't have issues and yada, yada, yeah, yada. Yeah. You have, oh, there are people you've who got do. this thing called a life. I have a friend who creates websites for people and they're all WordPress and it's her career and she's got, and every one of them is locked down and every one of them is fine and blah, 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 blah. I don't have time. I have neither the time nor the inclination for that. It's actually easier for me to write my own code. Yeah. Uh, so I have done so, but I do have a version control system. Um, so Especially can, since you can get AI to do it now. Now I can get AI to do it. Yeah, I should have gotten AI to write this. It probably would have been a lot easier. Um, but it can do it, though, right? It can do some of it. Well, hey, again, it's never going to be perfect. No, it, but it's going to be okay. So it saves you some code time. Right, 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 right. Exactly right. It does save you some code time. So, so that's nice. All right, um, uh, next news item. Uh, is there a button to chat on the main page? There will be, Fred. I just didn't do it at first because I honestly wasn't entirely sure that it would work. And it seems to be, so it'll be on the front page uh, later this afternoon. Uh, so hey, it's, it's in its infancy. This is the first week right. that it's out there, folks. Right. Cut, Nick, a little bit of a break. Are you, are you writing an assembler at least? Yeah, hand coded assembler. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Punch cards and yeah. all. Yeah, that no. He has to run it back on a RIT to run it through the system. No, I've got a patch panel in the back. I just move wires around it. So I remember those days. Yes, the we old do. Honeywell. Yes, we do. Oh. All right. Um, Linux. There's a Linux thing. Linux Ooh-hoo, 6.2 yeah. was released earlier this week. And Linus Torvalds describes the latest Linux kernel release as maybe. It's not a sexy LTS release like 6.1 ended up being, but all those regular pedestrian kernels want some test love, too. For possibly the first time, a bunch of Linux devotees disagree with Torvalds. It is pretty sexy by adding upstream support for the Apple M1 Pro, M1 Max, and M1 Ultra chips. Newer Mac owners can look forward to running Linux on their M1-powered machines. Hey! And for techies, that's sexy. Is 6.2 long-term life? Uh, yes, there will be a long-term live version okay. of that. Okay. This is just the kernel itself, and it hasn't been uh, rolled into any gotcha. OSs yet. Okay. Um, yeah. W- uh, when these high-powered ARM chips first arrived, Torvald said he'd like to run Linux on these next-generation Macs, but 
while he was uh, while he has been waiting for an ARM laptop that can run Linux for a long time, he worried, saying the main problem with the M1 for me is the GPU and other devices around it because that's likely what would hold me off from using it because it wouldn't have any Linux support unless Apple opens up. Fortunately, Asahi or Asahi, I don't know how it's pronounced. Yeah. Asahi Linux, with brilliant software engineer Alyssa Rosenzweig, was up to the challenge. Good for her. By July 31st, 2022, Torvalds was pleased to announce that after waiting for a long time, Linux on ARM and the M1 um, in specific was finally a reality thanks to the Asahi team. We've had ARM64 hardware running around, uh, around running Linux for a long time, but none of it has really been usable as a development uh, platform until now. Today, the support is finally ready for mainstream Linux uh-huh. users. Of course, it's all experimental at this point, but it won't be much uh, so for much longer. Um, the Linux 6.2 is expected to become Ubuntu 2304's default kernel okay, um, and to be included in Fedora 38 before the late April release of Linux 6.3. In the meantime, the 2022 long-term support Linux kernel, the LTS kernel long-term support 6.1 will continue to be maintained until at least the end of 2026. That's what makes it long-term support. Mm -hmm. Um, Fixes from the 6.2 release are expected to be backported to 6.1. In addition, the 6.2 kernel includes numerous features with contributions from companies such as Intel, AMD, Google, and Red Hat. Notable additions include stable support for Intel Arc graphics enabled out of the box. And initial support for NVIDIA's GeForce RTX 30 series Ampere accelerated graphics with Nuvo open source code. The Linux 6.2 kernel also includes updated drivers. Overall, the 6.2 kernel offers a significant new hardware enablement and features. But the real news, as far as many are concerned, is the M1 support. This is a game changer for Linux Mac users. And once Apple abandons older M1 computers, which you know it will do in the future... Uh, for Mac owners uh, who'd like to keep old hardware running, now you have a viable choice. So does Linux on Mac hardware intrigue you? Give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. It's 966-5299. Toll free, 800-790-0415. The one thing I can say that sort of related to this story is thanks to, you know, finally learning Linux to as much as I do, I was able to this week, I also got this notice. Oh, you've got a few more weeks before your Quicken subscription is due. Yeah. And that triggered off my memory, and I went into there to make sure that auto-renew was turned off and shut down. And what was it? Yesterday, I got another, you know, you're not on auto-renew, and, you know, your subscription. Uh, Yep. Thank you very much, but... uh, I got Money Dance that works a lot better, works cross platforms, and oh, I only had to pay a one time fee for a lifetime of updates. That's right. getting to be rare now on a lot of software. Yeah, I mean, so it was great that, you know, I found this software due to Linux that, and it works again across all platforms PC, Mac, Android, you know, you. You can put it on your machine, and it runs, and it looks just like it. And I don't have to pay that yearly uh, contract fee for Quicken anymore. Right. Oh, I see. I have a little more work to do on the mobile version of our chat page, but I will I will get to that. But, yeah, yeah. no, it's uh, – I love Linux. Yeah, <laughs> Linux is great, and it, it just – 
I have yet to find, and again, I know there are specific programs that certain people use that they cannot <coughs> live without, and they get angry when I say this, and I don't care. Um, but for the average user, there's nothing you can do that you can't do on Linux. It may be a different program, so you have to learn a little something new, but you can do everything. Um, and Tony had a question on Apple Mail in the chat. Uh, sometimes messages show up blank. Yep, I've noticed that. <laughs> Thanks for click, calling. Bye-bye. Click another message and click back on the first one. Uh, something went wrong in the rendering engine. Um, I often see it more frequently with, with commercial email that typically is, is more HTML than it is text because they want to put their fancy graphics and, and whatnot in the message. Um, but, yeah, that's the only thing. I, I have seen it, and, and I figure it's something wrong in the rendering engine and just try to re-render that, that message, and oftentimes it does come back up again. Every now and then I get a, a message that says this message has no content, which oh. implies the other end didn't send anything. So it was just the header and subject but no body. So apparently that's a standard mail function. This message has no content. It can. It can. Yeah. Um, I I have a friend who types entire messages in the subject line. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I simply can't read them. They're so long that I have to go in and view all headers, and then I get, you know, two At pages of message. Wraps. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. Does he not know he's... Not in the body? I don't have any idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I think he's doing it on his phone. And he says, uh, you know, email Nick. Yeah. And then he, he says. You know, what do you want to email him about? Right. And then he just that's tells the, subject the whole line. thing. Yeah. Right, 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 yeah. right. So I think that's what he's doing there. But uh, who knows? Uh, honestly, who knows? I'm not going to go over and watch him send me an email. All right. Back to the phones. Our next <laughs> and, then, and then wait to go home before you answer <laughs> it. <laughs> Our next caller is James from Rochester, New York. What's up, James? Oh, hi, Nick. I have an inexpensive Samsung te telephone, and when I'm sending text message and I want to write the word and, A-N-D, a lot of times the N does not, not show up or it skips. Have you ever heard of that problem with a single letter? Um, does it happen when you're writing other words or only when you're writing the word and? No, only when I'm writing the word and, A-N-D. Right. And are so, you tapping each individual letter? Yes. Yeah. It, uh, it, it's unlikely to be the phone if it doesn't happen with any other word. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you're hurrying through typing and and didn't quite hit it correctly. Or it's auto-correcting. It sees the word A and thinks that's what you meant and takes the N off. Or or is it and, A-N-D is the word you're writing? Yeah, A-N-D. And it, it ends up being add, A-D. Yeah, it happens a lot. Have you ever heard of yeah. a phone skipping a letter? It sounds like Steve is right. It's, it's auto-correcting A-N-D to A-D. Uh-huh. And so one of the things, is this an Android phone? It's a Samsung inexpensive phone. It's only a couple hundred dollars. So probably Android. It's probably Android. Is there, are you, are you is there, yeah, is there an autocorrect list somewhere? Yeah, there is. Um, so what you're going yeah, to need to do is to go in. Steve's going to post a link 
uh-huh. on how to go into the autocorrect list and remove something what it sounds like at some point you accidentally told it every time you see and change it to add or you may you may have just made that change yourself so often that it thought you meant it all the time right 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 so at any rate there's a way to fix that and steve's going to post a link on on where to find that and how to deal with it yeah the the the, uh yeah i have i get what you call it the auto correct where it remembers, like, if you're sending different things, if you've used that word a lot of well, times. That's, that's, right. that's autofill. Autofill. Okay. Autocorrect is when it fixes your spelling, theoretically. So I have I a have habit of typing T E H, and so I've got that specifically on my autocorrect list to switch it to T H E. I don't know why. Well, the other thing I do is when I do a capital T, I'll type the H before I release the shift. Yeah. And so I've got capital T, capital H E, and. My autocorrect fixes that for me. Nice. Okay, I'll look for the link, and I'll go in there and do that then. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, so, you know, even adding stuff to the autocorrect list that you habitually do is kind of handy when it doesn't um, uh, figure out what you meant after all. Right. Right. Although sometimes autocorrect is so annoying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially uh-huh. when I'm Google searching some weird phrase and it autocorrects for me. Right. No, I did not mean that. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I meant what I wrote and I wrote what I meant. Yep. Um, yeah, and Archandra says many times people write far too short subject lines. Yeah, I also have another friend who never uses a subject line. And Ever. Most male clients warn you that there's no subject line. He doesn't care. He doesn't put in a subject line. Yeah. Or... He finds an old email that I've sent him yep. and replies to it and doesn't change the subject line. So I see something that said, want to get together on 4th of July? The heck? It's January. And then I open it up. Well, and I, says, I probably do. Ask me about the 3rd of July. <laughs> right. 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 Um, so, yeah, that's, you know, it's just weird. It's just weird. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Josh from Fairport, New York. Hi, Josh. What's up? Hey, guys. Uh, I just wanted to. I just wanted to ring in for a second about that autocorrect business because uh, my buddy and I were always texting, and we we have the iPhones with like the autofill or autocorrect, and we'll just be typing a, a standard sentence, and we'll notice that some of the most random words will will show up as kind of suggestions that'll slip by under the radar, and we'll. We'll just go with it, and so we've we've labeled we've labeled that service as AC, as if it's like a person living in the phone who just yeah. wants to chime in on your conversation and make them more spicier. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I just wanted to throw my little two cents in there. <laughs> that's that's also, by the way, why you always read a message before you hit send, because you never know when autocorrect is going to do something you really yeah. didn't yeah, want to send to this yeah. particular person. <laughs> exactly. It gets pretty wild sometimes. So Gmail added the un, uh, the um, uh, unsend and delayed send. Right. Oh, oh yeah, that makes. <laughs> right. All right. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Take care. Yep. Bye, bye. So yeah, I have a, I I have quite some few friends who clearly just send stuff quick. Sounds like your name. Yep. You know, and they never read right. what they sent, and and sometimes I get a message just like "Hurts nerby nerby What? Oh, I mistyped. 
Yeah, you yeah, I'd, you did. How I'd come my, you didn't notice that? Had my finger shifted over to three characters. Right, right. Well and, and <laughs> Who on touch the phone, types anymore. At, yeah. Right. And on the phone they're just yeah. pressing whatever's nearby. Mm-hmm. Or they look up while they're typing. Well, you can't do that on a phone. There was oh what what'd they call it? There was there was a, like a short story contest where you would pick the autofill uh, the the auto suggestion button, whatever the middle one was, and just write a story. Yeah, picking that next button and see what came out. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Kevin from Farmington, New York. What's up, Kevin? Yeah, hi. I love Linux Mint, and uh, I've always been a chicken to try to uh, do the dual boot thing. So I've watched videos on it, and um, I've seen different ways where you pick the partition size. Or let Linux kind of uh, uh, Linux Mint pick the partition uh, to dual boot. It looked it easier to do it that way, but I just didn't know the best way to go about it. If, if I should do the more complicated way, or kind of let Linux do it. And I was again just kind of afraid of messing things up. Right, right, right. Uh, well, yeah, you were right about ten years ago. Okay. The dual boot was not a thing I recommended to people. It did not work well. Nowadays, it's common. People do it all the time the important thing to do is put is make sure that it's a windows machine first and then put on linux Mm -hmm. because while linux understands windows windows doesn't really understand linux okay so um there there you you know you want it you want to have windows firmly established on your machine before you put on mint and you do want to pay strict attention to how you're what you're putting on and where you're putting it on. Um, and, again, it depends on how big your hard drive is. You mm-hmm. know, if you've got a terabyte hard drive or a 500-gig hard drive, go crazy. Well, the other option, too, because hard drives are so cheap these days, just get a second hard drive. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's true. Uh, what I What I often have seen people do is they have a second hard drive where all the data are, Mm-hmm. And a primary hard drive, which is just the operating system. Right. And then mm-hmm. you can boot any OS you want. You can boot mm-hmm. any OS you want, and, and you just have to, once it's booted, say, okay, the first time, right, when you're first starting out, say, okay, this is this is a drive you can attach to. Okay. Uh, that's a little more advanced, but it is certainly doable. And the very least dual booting uh, and having essentially two separate operating systems that don't really talk to each other on the same device is fine. Okay. Enjoy okay. Mint. It's a very good operating system. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I love it. And, I, again, I've just been a big chicken about dual booting, but I, I did want to give it a try. I even bought a, a used machine on Woot uh, that's got Windows 10 Pro preloaded, and I just uh, – that way I'm not messing up anything on anything I care about right now. So. Yep, yep. There you and go. And I'll tell you what, that's, that's honestly the better way to do it. Mm-hmm. If you've got an entirely separate machine – um, you can play to your heart's content until you're really comfortable with with Mint. Yeah, and then do what you want: dual boot or, or yeah, wipe out Windows. And if it crashes, no big deal. Oh, you've lost nothing. Right. right. But yeah. maybe some some time, but you've gained the experience. Yeah, yeah. Now I've had I've done Mint for probably about three years now, and I absolutely love it. And I, I've go. played around with other ones too, but I keep going back to Mint. So <laughs> everybody's got one. Yeah, they particularly love. I get Nick it. Nick and I yep. both like X. You bunt to. Uh, but you know, it, again, it's what flavor you like. But that's the cool thing about it, though. Across the Linux platform, everybody's there to help support everybody, right? Yeah, and yeah. correct errors. So if yes. it's uh, the problem in one particular program is say in Mint, 
it's also in others, so, you know, it gets fixed all over. Yeah, yep. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate the advice. Thanks. Good luck. Thanks. Have fun with it. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, I did a, a couple weeks ago, my uh, Ask Nick newsletter was about which Linux should I try. And, uh, you know, there's there's ones that look exactly like Windows. Yep. There's ones that look exactly like the Mac. Yep. And there's ones that are interestingly different, and they're ones that are just wacky out there. Uh, and which ones you pick, and which ones you like, um, you know. But if you if you if you do uh, what Kevin did, and and buy it an inexpensive uh, laptop off Woot, for example, uh, for 150 bucks or a couple yeah. hundred bucks, uh, don't need much speed. That, one of the things you can do is is Try multiple versions. Try one, wipe it out, try another, try another, try That's another. That's what I did. I, uh, matter of fact, I still have the stack of CDs that I burned each flavor to. And, you know, I uh, try this one. Yeah, I kind of, I want to go back to this one. So I just put the CD in, just have it load that one up again, play around with it. Yeah, no, I'm going to go back to this one. Yeah. And I spent at least three, four days. Yep, just playing around with those different flavors. Yep, Woot Woot has PS fives on sale today. Yes, they do. I, I apparently the backlog is freed. Apparently, it uh, has. People were paying fortunes for PS fives yes, that they, they couldn't were. get a hold of. Now they're now they're uh, they're there, and I would take and a get look another and see. get another ten percent off as an Amazon Prime member. Right, uh, but I would check to see you know what what the, the specs are. Yeah. yeah, and it comes with a game. So if you don't like that, for those game. of you who don't know what Woot is, um, it used to be. <laughs> Wait a minute, we got to put a disclaimer in yeah, here first, and don't go look. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, don't go, don't go look. Because if you get addicted to Woot, yeah, if, we're not responsible for your credit bill. <laughs> if you think the internet is a time and money sink now, wait until you see Woot. Oh. It used to be an independent company, and their deal was. One day, one deal. They offered one product all day long, and then when it was gone, it was gone. Yep. And they offered them at pretty cheap prices. Yeah. Then they started branching out. Now they're owned by Amazon, but there's still some pretty great deals. You got Now you got to be a little more careful. It's like going to the public market. If you know what you're looking for and you know your pricing and you know your vendors, you can find some really good stuff. Do and your if you homework. Don't, do your homework. So um, uh, it's every day it's a whole new set of deals. And again, when they're gone, they're gone. And some sell out very quickly and some don't sell out at all. And, and uh, um, every once in a while they have a woot off where they sell stuff round robin one after the other. And every once in a while they throw in a bag of random crap. Um, and uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff there that's, uh, that's pretty cool. I got to say there's. I, I look at Woot all I just bought my own laptop off Woot. I realized that this laptop, I said, I said this last week, I think, this laptop that I've been using is at least seven years old and maybe older. Um, and uh, so I better have a backup handy. <laughs> so uh, that very day I went on Woot just to see what they had. And lo and behold, um, uh, inexpensive Dell laptops. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, I got an i7 with 16 gig of RAM. Um, and, uh, uh, it only has a 256 gig hard drive, but it was ludicrously cheap. That's a refurb, but I don't care. I got, you know, for 29 bucks, I got a two year warranty. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay now. 
Um, you know, so that's uh, huh. that's the deal. They, they have the Mac. I've got it at home on my desk on sale today. Yeah. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. 2015. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't use my computer at home much. <laughs> yeah, apparently not, no. But now you could have two of them. Yeah. All right, uh, that's it. That music uh, tells us that we are done for another week. I want to thank everybody who called in. I want to thank most of the people from the chat. I want to thank Dave. <laughs> I want to. I want to thank everybody from the chat. I want to thank Dave Enright. I want to thank Steve Ray. I'm Nick Francesco. You've been listening to the longest running computer show in the known universe. We are sound bites right here on the truly great and truly, truly grateful to you that with your generous support we remain one of the very, very few member supported radio stations left in the world. So thank you very much, uh, and we'll be back next week. With a whole lot more sound bites right here on member supported Jazz 90.1. See you in 166 hours.